trying to look like this. That would be pretty funny. But luckily, this is an audio format for the most part. My hand got really big. Yeah. Uh, hello, welcome. This is Two Girls Who Scare Easily, and I'm Andy. And I'm Katie. And we're off to a very chaotic start today. We, we are. <laughs> if there's ever an emergency, oh shit, uh, Andy's bleeding <laughs> everywhere right now. Legit. Okay, so I donated blood today at like 4.30, 5 o'clock. So that was like Yay. two or three hours ago. I guess I thought it was longer than that, and I took off the bandage because it was really itchy. And then I just, like, it was itchy, so I scratched it, and then I was bleeding literally everywhere, and we, like, couldn't start the podcast. <laughs> it's a thing. And now it's not it's, stopping. I mean, it's slowly stopping, I think. I'm well, just gonna... leave shit okay, on yeah, there. I'm just gonna leave it alone. <laughs> this totally... Because what if you do it again? I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it just matches the energy of my life right in this moment. Um, so we had an electrician come by today because, uh, the transformer for our doorbell has never worked. So we've lived here for almost three months without a doorbell. (laughs) And like, literally I took the doorbell off because people kept pushing it, not realizing that it wasn't working. And so then we never knew when people were at our door. So it's just like wires. (laughs) But so we had this electrician come by, but then he was running late. And so he's like, hey, is it okay if I come by kind of later or do we need to reschedule? And we're like, no, it's fine. Come by. So then he showed up like 7.15, right before we're going to record. Is he there? Maybe he's gone now because I actually heard the doorbell a little while ago. So I think they fixed it. But I was like, we're just going to get a doorbell in the middle of our recording. And then, like, my daughter was still running around, and my son was still running around being crazy, and, like, there's a cat in here still, I think. I don't know. It's it's a chaotic energy today, but I'm embracing it. And you know what? It actually matches up with my story. There's kind of a chaotic energy there, too, so. Okay. If a cat ever comes in to say hi... Please pick it up and show me. Absolutely. Right. Like, please. I think she's actually sitting um, behind my computer in the window. But if she comes over here, I will show you. Tell your cat I said. <laughs> um, it's also the cusp of a full moon. Full it moon is. is officially tomorrow morning at like what 5 57 or something like that that. so shit is popping for real and you have kids your life is always chaotic it is always chaotic and it's been particularly chaotic at work this week it's just it's just a thing so we're leaning in it's how it goes Mm -hmm. we've got that almost october energy going on Mm-hmm. I'm here for it. I leaned into it fully. Can you see my Halloween decorations behind me? I can see like a jack-o'-lantern, but that's all. So I hung a jack-o'-lantern that's wearing a witch's hat on a hook in my living room. 
I'm going to put like a candle in it so that it glows. Um, there's skeletons and there's bats and there's shit everywhere. I put bats and ghosts in all the windows. Nice. Um, yeah, I decorated last weekend. I was like, these are going up. And honestly, my, my partner was surprised that I waited till the end of September. That's pretty good. He, he, yeah, he really thought for sure that I was going to go like first weekend, like Labor Day weekend. He's like, honestly, I was kind of anticipating that. I wanted to. I am not allowed to decorate until the month of the holiday. Mm. I'm slowly, slowly changing that. Um, I've got Christmas slash Yule slash whatever you want to celebrate. Uh, that's pushed up to after Thanksgiving now. So nice. We're getting there. We're getting there. I would just leave it up all year, <laughs> like all the holidays, but you know. Oh, that would be like, it's like chaotic grandma house where there's just decorations for all seasons mm-hmm. all the time. There's like a cartoon turkey right next to a 4th of July American flag. Yep. No distinction. Exactly. There's a couple houses in my town that have something for every season. Yeah. In their yard. Nice. We got um we got those like hanging lights for outside on our porch and we can like change the color of them. So I always change it for holidays. Ooh. That's a super easy decoration. Yeah. That's really smart. Yeah. No, I'm excited though. I'm this weekend I'm gonna start working on my Halloween decorations. I made this really awesome, like fire pit of human remains <laughs> last year. Go on. <laughs> Is it like the concrete bones? I uh, sort of. It's so I took a bunch of bones and like a skull and stuff and I put I made like a round thing of uh cardboard and then I like filled it with spray foam and then I spray painted it all black and it's got like orange Christmas lights in there too so you can like turn it on it looks like it's smoldering like ashes and yeah it's oh my god it's oh, so good I like that and then I put so what are you adding to so it? I also had uh like I put like the three sticks as like a kind of a tent thing and hung a cauldron from it over the smoldering bones uh so this year i'm gonna add i'm gonna make a bunch of those like creepy little stick men from the blair witch project (laughs) and hang those all over (laughs) if you have any other creepy witch ideas that is what i'm turning my house into which in all fairness is my actual real life vibe but Mm-hmm. I get to show it. I get to put it on display for Halloween, and I'm really excited. So I love that you are doing the Blair Witch sticks. I might totally copy that and put some of those in my front yard too. Because um, I have a bunch of – well, I have, like, hooks and shit, so I can, like, hang yeah. them in my little area – um, I'll take some pictures and I'll show you the 
more like organic looking Halloween decorations that I have up or just the shit that I have up in my house the entire (laughs) year round. Like I have a, um, I have a pentagram that I made out of twigs and sticks that I tied together and it's just hanging in my garden. It's been there the whole year. I Um, like it. That's actually really cute. And that's really easy to do. I know. Well, it's around like all the wildflowers and yeah. stuff that I have growing. And so I thought this, this works. I like it. It's my little natural spot. <laughs> all the rest of my stuff is potted because it has to be. Yeah. Um, and I always just leave one patch to do whatever the fuck it wants. Nice. I like it. Mm-hmm. We'll definitely have to post pictures of our Halloween stuff. But. Yes. Yeah. Do we have any business we need to address, or should we get into our story? I don't think we do. I don't think so either. I mean, other than just gushing about how much we love spooky season. And in my case, like actually gushing blood. (laughs) (laughs) Do you uh, feel focused enough? To do uh, your story? Yeah. Yeah. I'm fine. I mean, tell me okay. if I stop making sense and then maybe I should seek okay. help. But it's fine. <laughs> uh, so. I'm ready. I also apologize because I've got like full allergies going on that were totally fine until I sat down to record. Um, anyway. Of course. Yeah. So today... Uh, this is actually probably the f- mo- like the least Colorado centric story we've done so far. We're uh, okay. we're traveling just a little bit. We are going to dive into the strange and mysterious life of the notorious outlaw Robert Leroy Parker, who is better known as Butch Cassidy. <gasps> <laughs> Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Dude, Bush Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Can we talk about that movie? I've never seen it. It's, I honestly don't know how historically accurate it is. It probably isn't, but. I don't think so. Paul Newman, was, Robert I Redford. Bit. Shut the fuck up. Hottest man ever. <laughs> oh my God. Mm-hmm. So I have a confession to make when it comes to old West figures. I do not know who is real and who is like a story. I don't think that you are the only one who struggles with that. I'm not the only one who struggles with that. I mean, yeah, I legitimately, I'm like, I don't know. There's there's so many of them. I'm like, was was Paul Bunyan real? I don't, I don't think his ox was real. I don't so. I don't know which ones are real I'm and which ones sure weren't. He was fictional. <laughs> I think so. I just kind of assume that all the cowboys are fictional. I know, but Butch Cassidy's real. He's, He's a real, real guy. I also thought Johnny Appleseed was him. fake when I was a kid. He's not. I did too, but he's real too. He is yeah. real. The West was a wild, wild place, like legitimately. And so all of the stories sound made up. Yeah. 
And that's why we have such a hard time. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, Mr. Butch Cassidy, like I said, he was born Robert Leroy Parker in the Utah Territory in 1866. Uh, He was the first of 13 children of Mormon pioneers. Is is this whole story going to be one of the earlier examples that when you grow up in a really restrictive, oppressive environment, you tend to then launch yourself into the opposite? Are we speaking from experience, Katie? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, yes, it is. <laughs> this is. So he was just, he grew up really conservative and then just decided to go polar opposite. Yeah, and not even particularly old, to be honest. So he ran away when he was a teenager. Uh, He didn't we all (laughs) teenage shenanigans? Um, He found himself working on a dairy ranch, and this is where he crossed paths with a cattle thief known as Mike Cassidy. And so. Later, he ended up apprenticing with a butcher in Rock Springs. And so that's where he got the nickname Butch. And then he added the last name Cassidy in honor of his old friend and mentor. So that's where we get Butch Cassidy. What a heartwarming, a mentor in crime. (laughs) Wow. Adorable. (laughs) No, kid, this is how you rob a train. We got to. Nope. Nope, lost it. Cattle rustling. I almost said hustling, and I'm like, I don't think you hustle cattle. I mean, maybe, if you're trying to get them to go. Hustle along. Come on, cattle hustle. Let's <laughs> let's go. I don't know that you can really tell cows much of what to do. I mean, they're, they're big. If no, they don't want they to, are. they won't. I'm under the impression they're also not very smart. Oh. I don't know. But it's definitely cat moving. <laughs> Kitty. I don't know where she is. Anyway, so Cassidy. I'm going to refer to him as Cassidy because that's what everybody knows him as. Okay. Which Cassidy. He got started in crime pretty early when he was about 14 years old. So this is about 1880. He went to visit a clothier in another town. But when he got there, it was closed. So his solution was not to come back another day. It was to break in, steal a pair of jeans and some pie, and leave an IOU. So he he didn't intend to steal per se. Like, is it stealing <laughs> if you leave an IOU? Isn't that just, apparently, like, borrowing? Apparently the owner of the store thought so, because he pressed charges. But the jury did acquit him, so not really. It's the 1880s. It's the West. They're like, look, he left a note. Right? Not guilty. He was gonna come back and pay you. (laughs) 
that also makes me think he didn't actually have any money with him to to pay with. Yeah. I mean, you could have just left <laughs> the butt, which would have been hilarious. But I love that he was also thinking of food. He's like, I need clothes and there's pie. Where I did he get pie. the did the shop also sell pie? Because fabrics, pie, I don't know that that is necessarily a very smart business venture. It wasn't clear. Okay. But I do feel like shops in the Old West kind of diversified their offerings. They're like, here, come buy what you need. <laughs> That's true. I mean... You got what you got in the 1880s of it all. Then it also seems that you're like, here's a white linen shirt. Have some blueberry pie. I could see that (laughs) being a miscalculation. Also, did I mention I have a washing service? (laughs) Oh. See? It was actually brilliant. That's smarter. Although I kind of also hope that he was... In, like, the cartoon western of it all in my head, I'm seeing him leaving the clothier and, like, whistling, as one does, and saw the pie cooling on the windowsill and just decided <laughs> to take it at the same time. I'm hoping that I mean, that's may- what it was. Maybe that's why the owner was so mad. Because it wasn't like he took a slice of pie. He took his whole damn pie. You know he took the whole fucking thing. He's, in my head, it was just like a little little slice, and he's just walking out in his new jeans. Oh, no, I just assumed that he had the clothes on one shoulder <laughs> and an entire ass pie. <laughs> just walking along. <laughs> oh, Yep. And that's how I will forever picture Butch Cassidy now. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, so... He continued to work on ranches until 1884 when he moved to Telluride, which is where our Colorado connection comes in. Mm -hmm. And they've got, like, stuff in Telluride about him. Like, if you go down the street or whatever, they refer to him there. Um, But, yeah, so supposedly he went there to find work. But there were rumors he may have actually been delivering stolen horses to buyers. Who can say? (laughs) So he spent some time as a cowboy in Wyoming and Montana before he returned to Telluride in 1887. And then he met Matt Warner. There's a lot of names, so I apologize. I will try to remind you of who's who if I can remember. (laughs) So he met Matt Warner, who owned a racehorse. And so they raced together and then, like, split the prizes for a while. So in 1889, so he's been in Telluride for two years at this point. 1889, he, Warner, the owner of the horse, and then two of the McCarty brothers, who are new characters, robbed the San Miguel Valley Bank in Telluride. And they stole about $21,000. And I looked it up. 
And that is about $700,000 in today money. Wow. They, yeah. they went they the damn for thing. it. <laughs> yeah. Unless there was a lot of thievery and escalation in between racing a horse and then robbing a bank that, again, the 1800s of it all just never got caught or noticed because people could steal shit all the time. Right. And that's entirely possible. <laughs> or they all just got too drunk one time and said, we could rob that bank. And then everyone else agreed. That also seems like cowboy lo logic. Mm -hmm. So, you know. Uh, so they had a hideout in southeastern Utah called the Robber's Roost. Which changes? Yes, it was. Yes, it yeah. was. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I kind of really love Butch Cassidy. <laughs> it sounds not real. Right? That's the like, kind of thing that like little like boys movie shit. name their like tree houses is the robber's roost. And you think nobody who actually robs anything fucking does that. But he's got a flair for the right? aesthetic and the dramatic. And you gotta give credit where it's due. And like legitimately, they would pull these heists and then they would split up and meet back at the robber's roost. <laughs> yes, they would. I just love it so much. Of course they did. Like, of course. Of, yeah. co of course you did. You named yourself Butch Cassidy. You had to know that that had a nice ring to it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You had to be like, fuck yeah, Butch <laughs> Cassidy. Goddamn Butch right, Cassidy. that's my name. <laughs> uh, so, 1890, he purchased a ranch on the outskirts of... I believe it is Dubois, Wyoming, and not Dubois because it's Wyoming. Uh, but it was never actually financially successful. And some people speculate that may have just been a cover for his criminal activity. Oh, for sure he used that to launder money. Duh. That's why so many mobsters had restaurants. It's a very easy oh, yeah. way to see, look, cash in, cash out. I don't fucking know what you want me to do. Right? I don't know. Where'd you get this $700,000? I don't know. Huh? Who, who can say? Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, so, 1894, he became romantically involved with another rancher and outlaw named Ann Bassett. Uh, and he, uh, sorry, Butch Cassidy did business with her father, oh. which is how they met. He was a rancher as well. Unfortunately, his criminal pursuits also caught up with him that year. Mm. So he was arrested for stealing horses and possibly running a protection racket among the local ranchers in Lander, Wyoming. 
he ended up, this is funny too. So he ended up serving 18 months of his two-year sentence at the Wyoming State Prison in Laramie before he was released and pardoned in 1896 by Governor William Alfred Richards. And so I was like, well, why would he pardon him? So I looked it up, and it turns out that the citizens of Fremont County were afraid of Butch Cassidy, and they requested that the governor pardon him in the hopes that it would, quote, have much to do in causing him to become a law-abiding citizen. <laughs> they were afraid he was going to get out of prison and go right back to criminal activity. And so they're like, well, maybe if we pardon him, he'll see it as a second chance. <laughs> Clean up his act. And the governor bought that mess? Yeah. He, like, went and interviewed Cassidy, and Cassidy was just like, yeah, I'm I'm done with all this prison nonsense. I'm ready to turn my life around. <laughs> yeah, because he has no reason to lie about that. <laughs> right? Whoa. <laughs> this whole story, I just... People are fucking dumb. People are dumb. Yeah. That's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he said he wouldn't do it again. There are so many times in history where that sentiment has been replicated. Well, they said they wouldn't do it again. Well, they said they weren't lying. And like, yeah, you fucking believed them? <laughs> are you, have you been on planet Earth at all? Have you met people? Ever. Like any? Have people? you ever lied? Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay. All right, sir. <laughs> like, I could <sighs> see that he scared an entire town so much that they just wanted to get on his good side. And so they thought getting him out of jail would do it. <laughs> um, right. But, wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 So, uh, just a little more tea in here. Uh, after getting out of prison, he briefly became involved with Josie, who was Ann Bassett's older sister. <gasps> but. But he ended up rekindling things with Ann herself. Okay. In his defense, there were, like, three women in the entire West, so. Yeah. If one <laughs> of them said no, you're like, well, I guess I have to try the other one. Okay. Do you want to go out? <laughs> and she went, maybe. Okay. Okay. You can wash your shirt. Is that pie? <laughs> <laughs> uh so, Butch Cassidy's criminal career really took off when he formed the infamous Wild Bunch with a circle of other criminals. Uh, this included William Ellsworth Elsie Lay, Harvey Kid Curry Logan, 
Ben, the tall Texan Kilpatrick. <sighs> Harry Tracy, who didn't get a nickname. <laughs> wap, wap. Uh, Will News Carver. Laura Bullion, who also didn't get a nickname. But good for her. Uh, and George Flatnose Curry. Oh, <laughs> that's not. They. That's not is, nice. I'm just assuming he got punched in the nose at some point. Just. Mm. That's the okay. that's the story I'm going with because it's like the least offensive version. Yeah. Okay. Um. So this is also adorable. The gang took its name from the Doolin Dalton gang, which were outlaws in the 1890s in Kansas. Nice. <laughs> I guess Kansas, Missouri, Arkansas, Oklahoma. Uh, they were also known as the Wild Bunch. They're like, those guys are rad. Let's also be the Wild Bunch. Hey, yeah. This <laughs> seems like, ugh. Like, it was just, like, written for a movie. Yeah. It was just meant to be a movie. Yeah. <laughs> and if they knew, if film were around at that time, they would have absolutely pitched this idea as a movie script. Like, they themselves, they would do, like, a memoir. Oh, yeah. That would have been, like, their retirement plan. Mm -hmm. Oh, believe it or not, it's actually even wilder than that. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So, in 1896, so he's about 30 years old at this point. Four members of the Wild Bunch, including Cassidy, rob the bank at Mount Pelier, Idaho, and they make off with roughly $7,000. Shortly after this robbery, they recruited Harry Alonzo Longabo. I think that's how you say it. There's a lot of vowels. A.K.A. the Sundance Kid. The Sundance Kid. Ding, ding. Uh, so after this robbery, Cassidy is hiding out at Robber's Roost with his Girl, Ann Bassett, Elsie Lay, which was another gang member, and Lay's girlfriend, until April 22nd, and they ambushed a small group of men carrying the payroll of the Pleasant Valley Coal Company in Castlegate, Utah. Ooh. So, they, like, they really pissed off like the corporations so yeah like the mine the mine owners the railways like that's who they're pissing off fuck the man <laughs> which i mean stealing the payroll kind of sucks because now all the miners don't get paid i assume but yeah they were like that's who they really targeted and yeah so june 2nd 1899 they robbed a Union Pacific Overland Flyer passenger train near Wilcox, Wyoming. This one actually uh, earned them like a, a ton of notoriety and attention. 
Um, and it triggered this like massive manhunt. So they, uh, <laughs> part of it is because Kid Curry and George Curry had a shootout after the train robbery and they ended up killing the sheriff, Joe Hazen. Ooh. Yeah. So at this point, the Pinkertons get involved. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. And so Pinkerton detective Charlie Seringo was assigned to capture the outlaw. Uh, there was also like a uh, killer for hire that the Pinkertons used that was looking for him too. Like of it course. was a whole thing. Yeah. Now everybody's after them. Before, people will be like, oops, your shit got robbed. Welcome to the West. You know that that's the risk of doing business out here. But now you've yeah. shot a sheriff in an area <laughs> that's trying to be reputable. Now the feds are involved. Way to go. Right? And I don't... I need to do a deep dive into the Pinkertons, but I have not heard good things. <laughs> They were brutal. Like, yeah. they said, we'll get results and we will enforce Air Bunny's rule of law any means necessary with like a straight up <laughs> iron boot on people if they get in our way. We do not fucking care. Like, exactly. Their idea was anyone who breaks the law is a worthless criminal, regardless of yep. a circumstance or a false accusation or doing crime or being abusive in the process, they didn't give a fuck. They just went after no. you. They had a kill for height. They had an assassin and everyone yeah. went, <laughs> okay, I guess oh, got yeah. to. <laughs> yeah. So, so Seringo, the Pinkerton detective, he became friends with Elfie Landusky, who was the baby mama for Kid Curry's brother. Oh. So they were, like, trying to infiltrate. So he was trying to, like, weasel in and spy. <laughs> he was. Um, in the meantime, July 11th, so it's been, like, a month, uh, Lay and some others from the gang robbed a Colorado and Southern Railroad train near Folsom, New Mexico. And this one also resulted in a shootout. And Lay ended up killing Sheriff Edward Farr and uh, Henry Love. So he actually was caught. He was convicted of murder and sentenced to life imprisonment at the New Mexico State Penitentiary. So let's see. Where are we now in our timeline? So that was June second of 1899 so later in 1899 cassidy approached the utah governor herber wells to negotiate an amnesty wells advised him to ask the union pacific railroad to drop their criminal complaints against him and the chairman did actually attempt to meet with him but never ended up actually being able to and then the next year august 29th 1900 
they robbed another Union Pacific train <laughs> in Wyoming. Why? <laughs> I think they just wanted the heat off of them. <laughs> but like, I don't know. what were they going to offer the Union Pacific Railroad, a mega corporation? The most, this is like, Gilded Age wealth. A disgusting level of wealth. And they were going to try and have a meeting with them to just say, what's up? How about (laughs) you don't press charges anymore? Yeah. Did they think... I mean, I think they were like, we'll stop robbing you. If you drop the charges. If you drop the charges. But then I seem to remember something about, like, Cassidy was afraid that it was a setup, like, the meeting. Because it probably fucking so, was. They probably yeah, had the exactly. Pinkertons there. Like, yeah. maybe part of it was this blind confidence of, well, they just let me go in Wyoming. So... They'll do it again, right? If we just ask them, they'll do it. And then I'm sure, I want to believe that everyone else in the group had to be like, Sir, Butch, Mr. Cassidy, (laughs) you know that if you're there, they're just gonna arrest you. And then he said, but they said they wouldn't. And he's like, you've got to be kidding me. You said you were going to turn your life around if they let you out of jail early. Mm -hmm. And then he would say, well, yeah, I'm gonna. After I'm done doing some crime, (laughs) once I get amnesty, then I absolutely will. I swear. I totally will. And then they probably said, do not go to that fucking meeting. They will set you up. And so he said, okay, I guess the only decision. I guess. Was rob well, him if again. that's going to be the case, then yeah, let's go rob him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds fake, and it's not. It sounds fake. I love it. Oh, so things started getting a bit, uh, a bit rough for the gang. Uh, in 1900... Early 1900, so before they robbed that last train, uh, lawmen attempted to arrest Lonnie Logan, who was Kid Curry's brother that the 